Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to a whole new show of Impact 24/7. I'm super thrilled, okay, to have an amazing, amazing personality on today's show. Okay, she is born and brought up in Dubai. Spent a few years in India where she first stepped onto the yoga mat at the age of 17. She's completed her yoga teacher's training with Yoga Life in Dharmshala, India, and several modules of Prana Flow in Europe. She's always been fascinated by human biology, health, and science. Drove her to even study biomedical engineering in India, Germany, and Switzerland, where she worked in the corporate world in the field of oncology and imaging. She is currently a health and well-being coach in training with the Human Potential Institute USA, teaching a combination of different forms of Hatha Yoga. She has always tried to spread the practice on and off the mat. She has lived and taught yoga and meditation in Germany, Switzerland, Belgium, Dubai, and India over the past seven years. She has experience in biomedical research with publication on music medica- meditation. Also, wow! So, so long and short of it, meditation, yoga teacher, health, life coach in the making, wellness consultant, and all of it at such a young age. Payal Kanwani, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Amazing. That is a lot of stuff done at such an early age. Yeah, where where did this inspiration come from to land up taking yoga meditation so seriously? That was at such an early age of seventeen. Ah, uh, I don't know where what. Um, it was not like I was looking out for it. I just dropped into a class when I was seventeen. Uh, I don't know what my initial intention was. I don't know. I, I think I was. I had some hormonal issues, and that was the first time I actually stepped into a class, to a traditional in Dubai, two hundred rupees class in India. No, okay. I was in Bangalore at that okay. time. So it was very traditional, you know, on the floor, not no mats, very old school. Um, and yeah, that was just the first uh, first day, and then I went on it, off it, on it, off it for a bit. So about a year or two, I was. I was practicing, and I was doing other fitness things, um, and then the intention, and yeah, just just reached here. It's been what seventeen years. It was just a random choice of attending a session. I don't know if it session. was random. I mean, it was intentional to go there. Okay. But uh, how it stuck to me, uh, that was not intentional at the beginning. Only once I started feeling it, like no matter what I do, no matter how many runs I go for, no matter how much. Gym or aerobics, whatever. There's one thing I always kept coming back to, mm-hmm. especially those four years. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So you and uh, you know yoga is is something you've been together for this this whole association been together for a very long time. What is yoga? What if you can if you can explain it for many many because they. There's a lot of conversation happening around yoga and meditation of late from many many places. So, what is yoga? Is it a physical movement? Is it a mental uh, relationship with your body? What is it? Yoga is very vast, right? It's it's difficult to define it in just one line. But what's most commonly assumed is that the physical practice of yoga, which is just one limb of yoga, it's the asana, asana practice, which is just one limb. But to me, I think yoga is more than that. It is a way of life. It is Like everything that you do or are is part of that field of yoga. I know it's not very uh, concrete for your listeners to understand, but asana is just one limb. Physical practices are basically preparing your body and mind to do what you're meant to do. Okay. Whether it's uh, uh, even and, and that includes your relationships, your career, everything that you have to do in this lifetime. The physical practices are just preparing your body for that. Okay, in in one of the write-ups of yours, uh, you mentioned that yoga improves you spiritually and intellectually. Why do you say that? What makes you say that? Why do you? Th- why does it happen? So there's a so yoga again. There are different uh, streams of yoga, right? There's bhakti yoga. There's gyan yoga. There's uh, Hatha yoga. There's so many forms of yoga mm-hmm. to say. So, like Gyan yoga is is the the intellectual aspect of yoga. So, there's certain personalities who like to study scriptures, even Swadhyay, which is actually uh, the the meaning of the word is self knowledge, but that that somehow 
brings in the component of learning. Okay. Like learning education, self-education, not only from books and scriptures or reading, but also from life, okay. from your own experiences. Okay. Uh, so I think the intellectual important uh, aspect is important to me as as an individual that I am. Okay. Um, and for those who are looking out for it, okay. it does sharpen your mind. It does uh, help you grow. So that would be the intellectual aspect. So when you say that it helps you spiritually, intellectually, is it also you well, also? Separate. Those are two separate things, right? Spirituality is there's no. I mean, it's spiritually, of course, because eventually the physical practices lead into into meditation, mm-hmm. and that's the that's what would lead mm-hmm. me to me to spirituality. But for someone who's a who's following another path, say bhakti yoga, or whatever, right. for them, they're love or whatever it is that they are doing that leads them to spirituality so okay. spirituality is the, the ultimate goal but intellectually it's more from learning about who you are and uh, what you are meant to do and what your desires are so are you saying having yoga as a part of your daily routine all right if someone was to imbibe it into their life it would allow them that it doesn't help them as you said intellectually or if i was to stick to it all yeah. right does it help them purely because it helps you to completely declutter your mind and sh- shut yourself off from surrounding noises and able to focus on it is, is is that why it it's such a good tool one of the aspects yes it does mm-hmm. help you focus it um, it helps you declutter uh I think it also has to connect to your body, which is very intel- intelligent, right? That's somatic intelligence. Okay. So the minute you're more connected to your body, you are using your body then to make decisions, to uh, to guide you. What's up? What's what's not? What's right? What's not right? Right? That's where the whole gut feeling thing comes up. Also, so I think it also connects you to your body's intelligence. If if you are just connect intellectually to intelligence. Okay. Then it connects you to wisdom and intelligence in your body, okay. not not just in your head. So it helps you live, not only in your head but also in your body, which I think is more powerful. Okay, and you know you you've been in coaching people, you've been working with people, and this whole journey, what has been the most beautiful moment for you or the most cherishable moment that you experience either as a student or a coach hmm. i mean as a student i uh, i really hold a lot of gratitude and uh, immense respect for my teachers and i think i'm always a student first mm-hmm. um as a coach as a teacher i think when you see change happen when you see transformation happen that's that's beautiful when you see and was the a kind of and was a kind of transformation you've seen that's it's been very different right like we can put labels some for some people it's just physical health it's nutrition and uh, some for some people it's their mindset some people it's their perspective some people it's their i don't know you know it's it's it's, it's a broad range um, but uh, i think when you see change and when you get that feedback that's mm-hmm. that's beautiful because that makes you believe in in what's possible. And everyone, you might be doing the same exercise, but people take away different. Yeah, I mean, I, I am a bit intuitive, uh, so my I mean, at least when I'm just referring to yoga, it, like you, in, intuition plays a big role, right? Like when I walk into a class, it's not like I've planned. This is what I'm going to do. I don't. I never walk in with a plan. Mm-hmm. Never. Okay. I will always go in and see what's required, see what's needed, and for me, it's a creative process. Creative, but also then understanding what the people in the room need or what the person in front of me needs. Right. So I, I'm not. I I don't prepare a lot. And and out of all the people that come for learning yoga, is there a particular age group that is more? opening up more to yoga or you see a very diverse age group of people coming? It's quite diverse. I mean, in studios, I mean, 
just referring to Dubai, it's it's a little bit more younger crowd. Mm-hmm. But I, I do see everyone practicing in their own ways. Like I said, right, just this is, again, coming back to more the asana, the pranayam, uh, the physical aspects of it. But practically everyone is, is doing yoga, right? Like you are doing yoga, just sitting here. So yoga is more than just the asana. But yeah, from a, uh, the age group, it's really people embracing it come from all ages. So in today's fast-paced, result-oriented, competitive, dog-eat-dog world, you know, why do you think uh, this practice could play a huge role in people performing better? Um, so yoga, like I said, going back to it, right? Mm-hmm. The physical aspect of it is what gives you the body intelligence, the somatic intelligence. You can use your body to to really guide you through life. That's the only place you. It's, it's, the, it's the only place you're living in, right? So, mm-hmm. uh, and these practices, the physical aspect is, they have been devised in a way for a purpose, an intention, right? If you're doing certain things, every posture is intentional. Okay. And the fact that you're moving with your breath in every posture, that is intentional. So it just brings uh, awareness, which I think is the, the anchor or the, the foundation of uh, high performance, right? Okay. That's the physical level. And then, of course, that leads you to be able to meditate. So basically, the goal of yoga is to prepare your body to meditate in very simple, basic terms. Once mm-hmm. your body is prepared for meditation, then you are able to meditate. You are able to let go of the things that are not serving you in your mind. Okay. Um, and from that space of awareness arises... Uh, your potential, your possibilities, your creativity, your intuition, all of that arises from a space that is uh, that is accessible through the practice of meditation. Okay. So you said meditation is the process of letting go of what's in your mind that's not serving you. Yeah. I mean, I mean it's not, I mean, a lot of people are... A lot of people are just sitting just and, and the state of mind doesn't change. Yeah. Yeah, state of mind, but it's, I think it's the, it's the, it changes in the noticing, right? Like a lot of people feel like they're meditating. Oh, I have so many thoughts. Mm. I'm not able to meditate or meditation is not for me. Mm. But the minute you start noticing and staying with it, that even if I am having those thoughts, that's normal. The goal of meditation is not to get rid of your thoughts, right. but just to allow them to be there, but eventually they will find, uh, find exit if needed. Okay. And that also is something that person develops, an individual develops when he does it regularly. Yeah, I mean, the, the results will come only with practice. It's like anything else. You need to do it on a consistent basis to really see the magic. Okay. So, this is the first time I heard something about music meditation. You said you've done research on music meditation. What is music meditation? Uh, so, back in, this is really back in college, I uh, I studied biomedical engineering uh, so we had set up we had a setup where we put these EEGs on the on the head and we helped we, uh, we put how do I put it? a certain device uh, we put the EEG on the head and then we played uh, pure beta waves or alpha waves I, need to, I, I, need to, I don't know the exact protocol of the research but okay. we played that beta music and then we observe the differences in that process, what happens in So we have these alpha, beta, theta, delta waves, right? right, in the brain. right. So how it affects the brain waves, just listening to that mu- music and then recording the EG. And there is music designed specifically with this purpose. Yeah, it's, like, it's like the binaural beats, right? right? Even now, if you go on, I mean, now it's plenty. Back then, it was not that prevalent. Okay. Uh, but right now, if you want, you can download alpha music, beta music, theta music, theta It's music. all on YouTube. It's all there, right? It's all okay. online on YouTube. It's accessible. And how... I mean, it's also used in neurofeedback. Okay. When you're meditating, a lot of people use music to get that kind of... Uh, brilliant that they're looking for. Okay. So it's been, especially Theta now, I think I've just listened to something two days back. Uh, so there's this lady, I forget her name, she has all these recordings of, of 
combining music with um, subliminal messages. Okay, like affirmations. Yeah, but that's at a very low tone. Okay. They're almost like you can't hear them when you're trying to hear them. Okay. But that's what's entering the subconscious mind. While the music's playing While in the background. While the music is playing. So the music's goal is, music will kind of get you to that state and then you're feeding it with information. So yeah, music is powerful. And, and, and just to understand, when you say uh, beta waves and theta waves and alpha waves and all, no, normally uh, it's the theta waves that if a person lands, has the most theta impact, is, right? Uh, because I hear Joe Dispenza talking a lot about theta waves. So theta is what you have in your uh, when you were a kid, childhood, yeah. right? From 0 to 7, those are the most prevalent in children. Right. We all can access it, the theta mm. state. That's where you can access your subconscious mind, so to say. Okay. To stay in a theta state or, or to access it, that's where you can make change happen. That's why. Talks about yeah, it. and Joe Dispenza talks a lot about me meditation uh, being the source to optimum utilization of your pineal gland. Yeah, you think so too? I think it can help you with everything, <laughs> like mm. period, all glands of your body. Okay. And what I, I mean, it's very, it's great that uh, people like Joe Dispenza, all of these guys are talking it in language. That makes sense to the current generation. That makes sense to a normal layman. Right. But like the meditations, if you go back to it and see the content of the meditations, it comes from from like yoga, you know, the whole meditation aspect. It's it's all the same. It's just it's great that they're doing scientific research on it. To back much it up. Than, yeah, too much more than that has been done. There there have been institutes in India also doing this, but. The level that they are taking it, I think that's great. You know, the best part I like about Joe, the research that he's doing, the analysis that he's doing, the machines he's using. Now, his research is being used by medical universities yeah. to refer to, yeah. you know, the impact meditation has on people's body. Yeah. Reversal yeah. of so cancer, like reversal of so many things. Aspect of it. Yeah. it makes it real for people. Hmm. Believable for people. Like, it like, doesn't have to be a whole spiritual thing. You want to use it spiritually that's fine right? mm -hmm. you can use it for performance you can use it for business you can use it for just everything like you know for me his work stands out purely because i used to be an atheist for a very long time yeah, yeah. i never used to believe in god and all so for me it's a scientific bent of mind like i want that evidence all right and to see that evidence being put across how meditation is changing a brain frequency and eventually yeah. creating uh the whole different juices in your body that you know increases the flow of life within it's it's amazing yeah no i, I like his work so you've uh, you know you have so many different paths also you've been on corporate yoga you know biomedical research and all how important and how important in this whole journey and choices that one gets how important does it have does it become to have a coach in one's pursuit of of a yogic body because yoga has so many different variations of it today as you yeah. said all right a person will literally get lost with the amount of information now in books and youtube and stuff and everyone talking about it also like they've already become a guru yeah because people talk about yoga also yeah. you know they would have attended one class and people talk about it loosely so how important do you think is having a coach um by coach you mean like having a mentor teacher yeah I think it's important it depends on what your goals are right like let's be honest a lot of people just want to do power yoga which is a term I have not come to terms with uh, or they just want to I mean they just want to do it for the physical aspect of it mm. maybe lose weight or and that's the most common at least mm. in Dubai um, so it depends on what your goals are right if you just want to lose weight if you just want to do something that's also possible you might just need a coach or a trainer for a bit and that's about it. Is it working on certain therapeutic aspect of it? Mm. Then yes, definitely you need someone to kind of guide you through that. Um, do you want to go a bit more deeper, learn about it, mm. then you end up maybe learn about the philosophy of it, how it 
and the benefits of it and how it feeds back into your practice. Mm-hmm. So I think it just it's it's very personal and uh, for me yes for me my teachers are important and mentors mm-hmm. are important and coaches are important because I feel like to grow and to get better at something it's okay for me to take help and mm-hmm. uh, and if someone's already done it then why not get that and you being a coach if someone was to start somewhere mm-hmm. let's say just picking a, a leaf from you or if someone was to start somewhere where do you think he can start even if he was looking at just trying out yoga starting out yoga i think what should be his starting point um starting out i think explore explore classes explore teachers explore styles and see what sits with you because mm. it's very individual right like a teacher that i may resonate with maybe that's not what you want mm. you know that's i mean it's the same thing right like you in meditation you want that scientific evidence and that's mm. why you listen to joe dispenza because right. he packs it up so well and so practically right. if you can apply it but if someone maybe is looking for something you know a bit more um, i don't know who spiritual or whatever and you can have that taste and that that flavor as well right. so the idea is to really explore and then find something and then kind of go deeper into that something or someone okay you know i also happen to read that uh, when you do these practices uh, essential oils also like there are many things okay essential oils okay i've heard adds on to the whole experience all right uh, in meditation and yoga uh, the smells the sounds okay that is surrounded by uh, walk in the nature you know is also considered helpful and beneficial for you to build into this practice of meditation and yoga being in the right state of mind so you also have your focus on essentials oil which is also an extension of this yeah all right uh, you want to talk about so coming back to like, like you mentioned right we are sensory humans we use our senses the reason why nature walk is therapeutic is mm. because you literally using all your senses you're watching i don't know the sunset you're stepping on the sand with your feet you're uh, listening to the to the waves mm. so you're literally engaging all your senses um that's the nature walk and then of course uh, i and i really believe in essential oils because mm. they that's like plant medicine okay it's one element is the smell because the whatever you're smelling in it hits directly your brain right your olfactory okay. yeah. hits the brain mm. so it affects the emotional centers and that's the way you can use it emotionally right like for your uh, aromatic tea that's when the smell like whatever we're smelling is actually affecting our brains okay um that's how you use it aromatically if you're using it topically again whatever things that we're putting on our skin from shampoos to creams everything has chemicals these oils are natural and your skin is your largest organ so whatever mm. you're actually consuming through your skin is going in skin deep okay um i found personally found so much benefit in using these oils and of course there's a lot of contamination in that industry so even if you ever decide to use it's better to use the best quality mm. otherwise it's better not to use it okay but i know the potential there's so much research going on right now using it in hospitals in medicine where we, it could actually take over some of the things that we actually using in medicine right in medicines because mm. that's not really helping us solve the mm. issue it's just killing the symptom that's it yeah and and medicines are so loosely used and that's a big pharmaceutical mm. industry to fight against so the whole food industry and the pharmaceutical mm. industry um So yeah, essential oils for me, I I use them aromatically. They're always my room smells of essential oils. I use them for I have any skin issues, anything. There's pro- practically a solution with essential oils for everything. You can get you can clean your house with essential oils. When you know it's natural, you're not harming anyone. You, and you're also, I mean, specifically where uh, where I source from, you also know you're giving back, and that component is important. You're providing jobs to so many people who are actually sourcing and. uh doing creating these oils because these oils are so strong in different parts of the world okay and there's a lot of effort that goes into sourcing essential oils really 
pure therapeutic ones. So when you said that even essential or the smell of it hits your brain and affects your... So that's emotional aromatherapy sort of. But is it got to do with dopamine release? Is it got to do with... uh, we probably will not be able to answer that right now. I mean, I don't know the exact hormone release in the brain. Okay. But uh, it does. It does affect the olfactory nerve, which is very closely connected to your, I think it's your hypothalamus or something, the emotional center of your brain. Okay. Yeah. I'll definitely read about it. So now for you to, you know, uh, for you to manage students, coach students, for you to learn about all of this, you also got to have a certain set of routines for you to operate in this yeah. in this state of mind all the time <laughs> you know and being a being a coach comes with its own territory of being high on life and sorted and switched on 24/7 yeah. like i've been a coach so i do understand the expectation is there yeah. right and one has it, it there's a tendency for people to consider you as superhuman sometimes sometimes you know so so what are the routines that you follow all right, in the morning, I want to know morning, would love to know morning, evening routine both. That allows you to really stay grounded and stay in a good state of mind. What's your morning routine like? So for me, my mornings are gold. Right? Like I would not trade anything for my morning routine. Uh, waking up, meditation is the non-negotiable. Like that will never go out of the window. And is there a certain amount of minutes, certain amount of time? So like I said, it will never go out of the window. But there are days when I have the luxury of taking 45 minutes. I have half an hour. But when I know there are other pressing things, I will do it. Even if it's 15 minutes, I will do it. Mm-hmm. I will not step out of my bed till I get out. Like that, I take that. I so you're saying the moment you wake up, I you wake get into meditation? Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I wake up and I do it. Even okay. if I'm just sitting on my bed and I'll do it there, that's right. it. And is there a particular kind of meditation? Um, is, is it guided meditation? I, think I, I, I started off with guided. Mm. I still go back to guided because I like to do it with mm. my teachers or something mm. that inspires me. But there are times I just do a silent meditation. For me, the breath meditation or certain other practices, I just I don't always need a silent, uh, mm. need a guided, guided one meditation. because sometimes I feel like it's too like there are days I just don't want any guidance. I just want to do Okay. So yeah, combination of both. But it's it's also good to stick to something for a bit. Like I listen to Tony Robbins guided meditation. It's on YouTube. It's a fifteen minute. Yeah. So I'm 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 in the zone where I want guidance yeah. so that I don't. It's good. Waver. No, it's good. But again, the intentionality of the like you want you have meditation now for everything. Like right? right. some of them are so intentional or visualization and they yeah. they're very intentional. Mindfulness practices, I find, are some practices are intentional, but some practices are just noticing, right? And I think that has its own power. So I think the intentionality behind every practice is very different. Okay. So my teachers are a kind of. Uh, Who's your teacher? I mean, uh, Rod Striker. Rod Striker. I use his app often, and uh, that's divided into four sections of peace, healing, uh, uh, empower, and spirit. Mm-hmm. You kind of know what you need at times, and then he also suggests you should try and stick to to one practice. If you're working on something specific, try and stick to something for 40 days. But it's a good place for me to kind of, you know, today I need peace, or I need to heal, or I need some. And it's and it's music in the background. That's about it. No, no, he talks. Oh, it's a guided meditation. That's guided. Okay, and and what would be breathing meditation? You said there's something you do which is again you can do. There are several breathing practices, right? Like, but just basic for someone who's just starting off. And mm. I mean, it's it's basic and it's, and it is advanced, right? Just noticing the rise and fall of your breath, either inside the nose, either mm. at the chest, either in the belly. Again, all have their mm. own benefits because you're focusing on different parts of your body. Mm. So when you're at the nose or when you're at the eyebrow center, it's more uh, your 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 third eye sort of. When you're okay. at the chest, it's more heartful practice mm. with the belly it's more relaxing okay. uh, so every I think every practice has its own purpose and intentionality and I guess and as you said really wide. as you said explore, explore and people will get the see what you need uh, 
connect with the teacher or get a practice if needed. So, so one part of my morning routine was meditation. What after yeah. that? Yeah. <laughs> um, meditation, I write sometimes, but now I like I write, try to write as often as mm. I can. It's not immediately after that I need to work out. Mm. Work out can be either at the gym or mm. catch a class um, or do an asana practice. Like I've reduced my uh, asana practice a bit more I'm going to be focusing more on meditation okay. but any anything just get moving through the day even okay. after a workout I'll just do a bit of asana um, okay. yeah getting getting to move okay. uh, having coffee or uh, a matcha whatever I feel like in the morning okay. that's important so yeah but like meditation so this morning window meditation that... movement uh, writing coffee or so this is this is your first two hours. Yeah, definitely. Which is sacred to you. This goes well, day goes well. Yeah, this goes well. Like even if it's everything else is not going great in the day, or I mm. know there's lots coming up. If this is sorted, then then I'll take care of everything else. And what's your go-to during the day when you feel overwhelmed or completely burdened or burned up? What's your go-to? <laughs> Uh, I'm quite human there, so I will reach out for a tea or a coffee. And okay. uh, I, I, I'll get up and move. I think when I move physically, it causes change of state. So okay. if moving again would have helped me. Okay. Even if it's stretching and whatever, tiny movements. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I do reach out for my tea and coffee as required. Yeah. And what's your evening routine? Any evening is not very night specific, routine, yeah. but um, I, I eat quite early, mm -hmm. so I, I try to get my lunch, uh, sorry, dinner done by seven, between seven and eight or six and eight sometimes. You follow intermittent fasting or something, or just uh, I've I've done it, but uh, when I'm working like really early in the morning, so yeah. like the days when I'm waking up at four thirty. That intermittent fast wouldn't happen. I wouldn't be able to keep it up because I will reach out for a coffee right. or for a tea right. or something. Right. Um, I do it on and off, but I'm not very. Because uh, I also think that as women, that extreme intermittent fasting can sometimes disrupt hormones. Okay. So, twelve hours is fine, but I think when you keep touching fourteen and sixteen, it may not be required for a long time for women. Okay. That's still a gray zone. So it has its benefits for sure. Okay. Twelve hours is easy, like that's normal. That's that's easy to do with the kind of schedule I have. But you do it. It's got nothing to do with yoga or meditation. It's just something you do it as a practice. I think I've never initially. I never thought about it as intermittent fasting. Mm -hmm. It's just that I know if I'm eating late, I'm not going to feel good the next morning because you're not able to practice with yoga. Yeah. You, you cannot. Eat bad, and you will feel it in your practice. If I'm going to eat unhealthy, you will feel it in your practice, and vice versa. Once you start practicing, you will automatically let go of things that are not good for you. So a lot of people ask, "How is it so easy to?" Yeah, I guess um, your awareness goes up. That's right. Awareness is one thing, but it becomes easier. Like I have to admit that it becomes easier to let go of certain things. Like it's effortless for me to go dairy free. It's effortless. So many things are effortless, and sometimes like. Why is it effortless, mm. right? And I think the, the physical aspect of yoga definitely feels, has fed into it. Okay. And, and what was the, what is the reason to go dairy-free? So I never liked milk. Okay. I, as a child, I never drank milk. Right? Mm. I, had, I never, the only thing I, I would still drink as a child was tea that mm. had a little bit of milk. So I never liked milk. I never liked paneer. Okay. Um, I love chocolates, that's one thing. Then I think I started milk in college, thinking that it's healthy. Mm. But I got sick a couple of times. And then again I went off milk. Every time I would get sick, I would go off milk. Naturally. And then much later, I think I'd done a, a test as well. And just to like support hormones and things, I'd gone off dairy. Mm. But uh, now we know dairy is not great anyway, and right. I think my body just hated it from childhood. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. Okay. So, 
you know, any life-defining moment for you? Any life-defining moment or an experience that has contributed to you being who you are today? Because, you know, when you say it's effortless to do this, it's effortless to do meditation, it's effortless to let go of things that you know are not serving you, just to be in that state also where things are effortless is such a beautiful uh, place to be. Yeah. I mean, I have to admit, not everything is effortless in my life. (laughs) I I think there have been plenty life-defining moments. I have had health issues, right? I have had hormonal issues. I think I also had a small bout of eating disorder at 17. Mm. Um, Because I I have seen the struggle and I've made changes, I think uh, there will, so that's why I think it's very hard for me to define one uh, life-changing moment as such. Um, I just feel like by effortless in terms of habits, I think uh, having the physical practice of yoga has definitely helped me to make those lifestyle mm-hmm. changes because I started early also and I, by no means you can always start whenever, but um, yeah. So, if not life-defining, any aha moment for you that, wow, you know? I think I've had many realizations. Hmm. Uh, health-wise, I've had realizations. So, I moved to India uh, two years back for okay. a year. Okay. And I couldn't breathe. It, I mean, I had severe allergies and I was unable to breathe. And every time you go to a doctor, they'll give you give you steroids. Yeah. The only treatment in Western medicine for severe allergies is steroids. Okay. And I was against taking steroids. Okay. I really suffered. Suffer. Like, I was to the point that I'm going to leave this country and go because I couldn't breathe. I used to sleep with like four pillows. Um, did everything, cleaned my house. The best cleaners, curtains, beds, everything. Like, my house was super clean. I used to get the flooring cleaned with salt water. I'd gone crazy. Yeah. Um, but then I think, I mean, that was like two years back. Now when I look back to realize that I was also going, like I was not in, a, in my best mental state, obviously, because you're not able to breathe. Right. Um, now looking back and wondering that what was the real trigger? Of course, there were other emotional triggers sure. and things in life that kind of feed back into your health. Sure. But I also think that there was probably mold in that house. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure now that that was mold. Okay. It affected my health, physically, mentally, emotionally, and all of that. So this is just a small realization. But uh, coming back to... So that's one of those more like realizations on our moments. Um, so plenty like these uh, relating to health or relating to mindset. Mm. Any any moment for you that has made you, you know, uh, firm up in your belief that you're heading in the right direction with yoga and meditation? Any moment that stands out which is like, wow, I'm blessed to... So I find flow state mm. when I teach and not always. Mm. Only, it's not because if I'm going to teach all the time, I you're not going to find a flow state anywhere. Right. But there are moments when I find it. And I think in those moments, it's reaffirming that uh, that this is the way to go. Um, and I also find that uh, when I'm with my teachers or when I'm learning or when I'm, you know, you find it in your practice. So that's when I, one is when I'm teaching, other is when I'm learning, and third is when I'm practicing have these moments of insight or a deep connection mm. irrespective of what's going outside around you. Right. So I think these are the important moments. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Any book you would want to recommend yeah. for anyone who's into the habit of reading? So many. <laughs> you want to share a couple of So I, I mean, like, if it's yoga specific, it's something different. Yeah, I, I really so one for yoga and one for meditation. Um, again, I'm going to recommend one of my teacher's books simply because uh, someone... Rod Stryker. Yeah, simply because he breaks down the whole life process into 
for paths right it's, it's good if you're finding your purpose specifically right a lot of people don't know what their purpose right. is or where they're heading so i think it's a good read which is the book uh, four desires okay four desires by rod striker लिविंग योर योगा So you want to say it, say it again? So I think it's written as he, but I'm going to choose to say he or she. Okay. <laughs> or say one who chooses the infinite mm. is chosen by the infinite. Mm. So now infinite can be anything you want to call it. Universe, you want to call it. God. God, you want to call it whatever. Or just possibility. In fact, today in the morning, me and my wife were discussing about God, and mm. right, and we were discussing that if I'm a part of God. then i'm i am god i am god yeah. like it 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 means not sound right to some people but if you actually look at it very uh energy from from energy point of view from consciousness point of view okay so if i'm a i'm a part of consciousness i'm in a way consciousness so when you say the statement he who uh trust you, you said the one who chooses the one who chooses the infinite the infinite chooses it Now suddenly, what's also coming to me is that one who chooses infinite, I'm a part of the infinite. So if one who chooses himself also fully, exactly. All right, the universe chooses you also. It's so beautiful. Yeah. It's like you are the universe. Yeah. You should uh, read this book by Nisargadatta Maharaj. It's it's again it's, it's only if you're interested in in reading that one. It's called book's name is I am. 
Okay. And who's the author? Nisargadatta Maharaj. Nisargadatta Maharaj. Nisargadatta. I only read books recommended. So if you're recommending, I will. Alright. I am. Okay. Even if you don't read the book, even if you just get the context of it, this is what it... Uh, so, I, I use that sometimes in my meditation, right? Like, the who am I? Just, mm. who am I? And then whatever arises, just arises. Which can change. With time. Yeah. I guess since the time I started meditation, I started meditation this year. Mm. This year I started a lot of things. Went vegetarian, started meditation. Mm. Yeah. Uh, it, it's 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 slow just slowed my cl- cl- monkey mind hmm. okay it has slowed my monkey mind I'm, I'm liking the the way my mind functions now after having introduced meditation all right I, I'm not getting stressed up I'm not getting worked out worked up I'm not getting uh, burnt out yeah and it's it's a lovely uh, space. Yeah, it's created a beautiful space. Yeah. And like Krishna, I don't know if you know Krishna from uh, you know Oneness University. I don't know if you've heard of it. So Krishna is the founder of uh, Oneness University uh, program in Bangalore. He says that you got to be in a beautiful space mm-hmm. to create a beautiful state yeah. in which your life can function. Yeah. So. So it's been amazing. Meditation has been phenomenal. Alright, so any message you want to give to the audience that will get them started right on this path to self-mastery through yoga meditation. Any message from you? Um, I think I, I really like the, uh, the quote by Oprah. Right? You have the courage to stuff. You have the you get what you have the courage to ask. Yeah, I just think that, and that to me is, it's not, it's just not, it's not just what you have to, the right to ask for in terms of what you can create, but it's what, what standard you set for yourself, right? Whether it's your health, whether it's your relationships, and to take responsibility that you have the possibility to change that, Mm -hmm. no matter wherever you are, whatever condition of health, well-being, mindset, uh, wherever you are, change is possible and change is within us. So to take responsibility and to make that change happen is possible. Yeah. Amazing. I'm, I'm sure everyone has a, a, a lot to ponder about, think about in the messages you share. I mean, it's, it's also the, like, you can either remain stuck where you are or mm. you can get out of there can ask for help it's okay to ask for help it's okay to take uh, take some guidance yeah and we're living in a time there's so many resources you cannot not have resources in fact it's a time it's just the most what you do are you doing something with those resources I agree. are you taking action on them are I you agree. getting help which i personally feel uh, a lot can be done on that because people are busy consuming all the content but no guided source to channelize yeah sometimes it's a lot of lot of information and I noticed that also when I am listening to too much I find it harder to create yeah so that's that's another escape route right like just uh, consume, consume and not do consume. anything yeah. about it um, but I'm really talking about people who feel like they've given up mm. or, you know, this is how it is I just think taking responsibility and taking action there it's possible and uh, yeah. So, where can people reach you? If anyone wants to connect with you for coaching, for guidance, for meditation? Uh, so, you can find me on Instagram as Kanwani. You can find me on LinkedIn as Kanwani. You can email me at info at My website is Um yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So, ladies and gentlemen, feel free to connect with Pyre. All right. Feel free to 
drop her a message if you need any coaching any guidance uh, where meditation yoga is concerned you want to ask her anything uh, specifically because a one hour podcast format may not be able to cover everything about yoga especially when there's so many movements involved all right but at least i'm doing more of coaching also now so i'm taking it and you do one on one coaching or you do uh, right also now one on one Okay, and and do people have to come somewhere, or you could visit them at their places? How is it? We'll figure it out. Okay. For now, we'll figure it out. Awesome. So, here it is. Pile also opening up that she does one-on-one coaching. So, if anyone wants, and uh, if you want to get started on this path, uh, no better way than having a coach. All right, for that. So, Pile, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank for you, Manish, for having me. Hey, pleasure's all mine. Thank you so much for taking time out for this podcast, and I'm sure it's been. loads of help for people listening to this uh, and it's my intent it's my commitment it's my responsibility to give people as many tools that allows people to kick ass on a day to day basis and i really think yoga meditation practices are phenomenal i do meditation i have not started yoga i start i did once 3 days back and every muscle <laughs> in my body was you know uh, saying, hello. saying hello what's up you know but uh, but meditation for sure is something which i've been doing for a long time now so that's my intention to take it to them so so bye thanks so much thank you okay and uh, wishing you a phenomenal phenomenal future ahead here canada i don't know how many countries are going to go and practice <laughs> yeah thank you so much and i wish you all the best thank this podcast and for everything else thank you so thanks much thanks for having me thanks so much so ladies and gentlemen okay uh, do act upon the information share do act upon the wisdom shared but pile and put it to good use okay for you to kick ass on day to day basis all right if you love this show if you are getting value out of out of the messages covered over here do review after having heard the podcast that would help big time in more and more people getting the message okay have a smashing day live well be phenomenal love you guys bye